Welcome to a special edition of Ed's Not Dead. We call it Teacher Tips. Teacher Tips. Teacher Tips. This is the part of the show or special segment. What do we call it, Mr. Graves? I don't know, yeah. Just teacher some, Tips. It's just the special Teacher Tips. Teacher Tips, and we get good feedback on it. It's, it's where the three of us talk about all things pedagogy. Nothing but pedagogy here, Nothing baby. Nothing but pedagogy. No policy. Ah, boring. <laughs> No governance. Ah, worst. Ah, terrible. We talk about the art and science of teaching. There you go. Right. So this week on Teacher Tips, it is the all-important topic of the organization of the classroom and the impact that it has on climate and student learning. Yes. It's a big one. Let me ask you a question right out of the gate, Mr. Sids. All right. Because you have probably been in more classrooms than me and Mr. Gray will combined. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Joe. That's right, Joe. Anyway, so you are the resident expert, and you are the teacher expert. So I just want you—you you don't know much else, but you know a lot about that. Okay, <laughs> I've been in almost—I've done four hundred informal observations in three years. You're—that's impressive. That's, that's impressive. Insane. How many? F- almost four hundred. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I can I can still do a better. That's write-up. pretty wild. I can still do a better write up. <laughs> With my know. FileMaker, I've been using FileMaker <laughs> to make my affordable observations. All right, so let me ask you this. Okay, tell me, and then we'll get into the the topic. He's already Crable's already sweating. Over no, no, because no, I, I haven't I haven't framed uh, framed the, the learning the, the segment. Okay, fine. I'll frame. No, no, ask him. Ask okay. him your question. Have you ever been in a teacher's classroom that was incredibly messy? With an incredible, incredibly messy desk, yep, and messy workspaces, yep. stuff all around the room. That was an effective teacher. That was an effective teacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. No, is it as simple as what I'm as what I'm setting it out to be? I think there's always a little bit of clutter in some in teachers classrooms that's right. that's just gonna be there right. but when i had a teacher a few years ago uh that i was who i was coaching and working with and uh it was it was actually distracting for me as the observer and it was definitely distracting for the kids and i stayed after with her once and i we had gotten to a point in our relationship where i said um your classroom is a mess and we need to fix it. She's like, "Good, I need help." That's good. Yeah. And we stayed for another hour. Right. And I, I told she was, "We're going through stuff." I said, "Recycle it, recycle it, throw it away, get rid of it, move it." And it, it helped clear her own mind and get herself right. organized mentally as well. Right. All right. Good. Thank you. That was a provocative question. I think it goes to show you if you're not I don't an think organized. It's a, I don't think teacher, it's black and white. Do you? No, I mean, it's not. I, but if 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 things are all over the place and it's cluttered, it just there's a vibe in the classroom. If you can't find stuff quickly, you're not going to have a well-paced lesson. Yeah. Uh, you're going to interrupt yourself just trying to find things. If kids can't find things, they get frustrated or get dis- disengaged. Yeah. So yeah. all that. Okay. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, also the the message that, that it sends if you have piles of, of junk and stuff just strewn about the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think that sends a positive yeah. message to kids that the space is valued yeah. or... That's a good no. point. Is, uh, it's just... it's junk it's garbage yeah you know? yep. all right so we're going to dive into um a piece in edutopia decluttering your classroom yeah by heather walpert garon do you think i'm saying that correctly yeah twitter tween uh, teacher yep thoughtful reflection will help you make decisions about what to keep and what to discard in your classroom one of the things that i one of the reasons why i, br- I 
this article resonated with me is is a lot of schools are going into their spring break right. time period, and it's a great time spring to cleaning. to do some spring cleaning in your yep. classroom and to not leave your classroom uh, worse than than uh, you 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 came into it. So I, I thought it was a good time period for both teachers to reflect on to what extent they are organized and to actually organize their classroom before throw they some head stuff out. out man before you go on break yeah throw it out no, that's a great idea all right so so our author says that research tells us that the classroom environment is vital and recent reports show that our rooms can have too much of a good thing yep now i will say that this has always been a theme in elementary classrooms yeah um that there's always always uh elementary classrooms where you find sensory overload yes um and and because there's so much and kids spend so much time in one room uh decluttering is critical but for example she says posters might make a room feel inviting or engaging but having too many can distract students or flexible seating for all its benefits all of those kinds of accoutrements accoutrement pillows and uh stools they can they can be clutter and um, in terms of the wall displays, I was in another school for an event recently, and um, I was just there for you know, professional development, and I was in some random class period classrooms. And the one classroom reminded me of what mine was, you know, when I first started teaching, where I just put so much stuff all over the wall because I thought, you know, if they were distracted, they could look somewhere and learn something. That was right. my thinking at the time. Right. And by the time uh, I had gotten around to it, I stopped doing a lot of that preparation just because it was taking so much time to prepare and plan. And um, anyway, so I was in this classroom and probably one of the most important, probably one of the most important uh, things that should be on the wall is the poster title was, what does my grade mean? And it Mm. was on like an eight and a half piece of eight and a half by 11 inch piece of paper in the far corner of the room, laminated. So it was like shiny and you couldn't even read it. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, well, that doesn't seem to like make sense. But if you look at the consequences chart that the person had in their room. Enormous. I took a picture. It's <laughs> enormous. And they had beginning of class procedures, consequences, and dismissal procedures that were fairly big, but still yeah. not even uh, big enough for kids to look at. And then finally, there was a poster on the eight mathematical practices on an eight and a half inch by 11. I'm sure the kids were glued to that. (laughs) Totally glued to it. Couldn't take their eyes off it. But it wasn't a purposeful display. What do you you think about this as a rule of thumb? Um, As you you Marie Kondo your room, you know, what purpose does it serve? If you ask yourself with everything, what purpose does this serve? Yeah. And if it's not something that furthers or benefits students in some way, get rid of it? All right. Is that... All right, so let me let me step back even okay. further. Let me ask. Let Let's start with the, our resident uh, teacher organization routines specialist over mm-hmm. there, Mister C H Siddons. Where does a teacher start with um, setting up a classroom and putting systems in place to keep it organized? What are What are the critical components of that process? First thing I would say is like a rules or a norms poster. Okay, okay. that everybody can see from anywhere in the room. Clear, how many? sloppy. R- how many rules? Yeah, norms. No more than five norms. Should they say no or don't should in them? Be, should be no negative words in there. Okay. What do you expect kids to do? And and they have to be measurable. Mm-hmm. So, be respectful. Is that be one? respectful is not a recommended norm. Okay, you're 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 missing the point. Um, 
I was be, I was answering questions. And now that's a norms poster is great, but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, you but said I, where do you start? I, yeah, where, where do you, what are the what are the the primary components? You have a classroom. Yep. How does a teacher approach organizing that classroom so that it it supports student learning? Ah, I would say you. So beyond, so you're going beyond the wall displays. Uh, yeah. So I'm, you I'm, have to I'm, figure yeah, out what, what is spec- your yeah, the this specificity. Is, this of is this, this is, is the bigger. space. What, where, where are your desks? First okay. of all. Okay. How are your desks arranged? Okay. Good. Um, for a lot of teachers that float, they don't really have a choice in that. So you have to figure out how you're gonna how you are gonna move around the room, okay. and then how are kids gonna move around the room, especially if you plan on incorporating movement in a regular fashion. Right, can, right, I, so and can I just say with the seating is critical, and with the spaces too. Fred Jones has a great rule of thumb. Um, where there's sort of like green zones and red zones. Yeah. And the green zones are zones that you can get to or walk to right. with maybe five steps or a minimal amount of space that you can get to really easily. Okay. Red zones are essentially super far away, walled off that you can't get to, that are islands of kids that you can never be next to them. And so even if you do a more traditional like row type seating, you know, maybe it's two by three chunks with alleyways in between so that you have free movement and access to all parts of the room. Okay. And that you can stand anywhere you want. There's no there's no red zones, there's no off limit zones in the room. All right. Which is why he promotes proximity control. Right. Which is all about shifting your zones of proximity and making right. sure that you're shifting that green zone and yellow zone as much as possible where kids won't goof off. All right. right. So seating. no so number one was seating. Yeah. Number seating. two. So seating is also the other thing about seating is you want to make sure and that you can move around easily. Okay. And when there, when I used to have tables with seats, I would actually move the seats mm-hmm. to actually mimic, you know, a kid sitting in it. So then I would walk around the room when there are seats pushed out of the desks. Okay. So you knew exactly how much space kids needed to get in and out of the seat. All right. I'm going to give you number two. And All right, then number two. And then you're going to talk about it. All right, do it. Materials of instruction. So if it's Chromebooks, you have a spot in the Chromebook cart where it can easily be accessed by kids and not going to knock into anybody and make sure that it's there's a traffic flow for moving in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't explicitly tell kids that, that's fine, but mm-hmm. make sure that it's something uh, that kids can assume they can quickly get in and out. Okay. And then paper, like picking up paper, there should be a general area where they're picking up paper as they're coming in. Got it. Or turn like in tray. papers. It should be a turn in bin. Turn in bins. Come on. Turn in bins. Super okay, easy. Okay, super okay. cheap. See, you guys, I, I'm 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 old school here. We're not talking about routines. We're talking about materials of instruction. Yeah. So where do you put your what, what are the rest of your materials? <laughs> what do you mean? You're you're you're, you're, you you're on. This guy keeps inter- interjecting. <laughs> what do you mean materials for instruction? Materials. Of, you you started talking about um, Chromebooks. You start talking about Chromebooks. That's what I'm talking okay. about. So g- give me the Casey Siddons cart with the, all the art materials on it. Talk about. Oh the, yeah. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, like like the materials that they would use to correct. They need things in the classroom to use. Oh, how do you how do you you, you talked about Chromebooks? Keep going. There would be there, for me. There's always a separate section, uh, either a cart or a shelf where I just have baskets of materials, and those baskets you can buy pretty cheap, or just find them. People give them away. They're plastic baskets uh, that you put. You can throw. Just have ones for pencils. You can have ones for art supplies. You can have ones for. Um, th- they sell pencil boxes for a dollar a pop at the dollar store. You can use that for table groups. Right. Um, a lot of the stuff you kind of collect over time, and people again, people sometimes just get rid of them, and you just have to figure out a way to make it work for you. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. And the, and the key to that, who has the most control of that, teacher or student? The teacher. Okay. Teacher does. Yeah. So you don't. I I always thought when I was in your classroom, one of the things I liked 
was the way you had materials of instruction out. It really, sh- it, you were really relying on the kids to be independent. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. And how they access them. You weren't right. like having to give a pencil every no, no, time. No, no, I need a pencil. Hold on, right. let me yeah, go to yeah, my yeah. bottom yeah. left so you drawer. That, there was never. I, so you were entrusting kids. Correct. Okay. Well, and that came down to labeling. I labeled everything and yes, made sure everything, did. every box was labeled and, and showed them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece. They knew where to get pencils because I didn't care about giving out pencils, but I also kept a box of pencils in my back pocket. Okay. You know how you learn responsibility? You teach it. You have that. responsibility. You have responsibility. That's right. I also didn't want to be bothered when I'm in the middle of teaching yeah, or man. doing something with kids, and then someone asked me you know, to get a pencil or something. That's, that's not worth my time. All right. Number three. Number Expl- three. Explanatory devices. So you, we started talking about posters. What's the, what, what should be around the room? Norms? Rules? Norms? Uh, general expectations if you have extra ones, but I, I, I try to keep them, keep it simple in terms of like, if I have norms, all my expectations, classroom expectations would fall into that, into those five norms or six norms. Depending on what you teach. Yeah. Um, Crable used to have VI, visual instructional plans. Visual instructional plans. Look at Crable. That's right. Mm -hmm. So things that... He inspired me to make those. Things that you have kids do over and over and over again. Right. That, you know, yes, a kid could ask you and you could say... Well, it's April. You should know how to do that already. You know what I mean? Which doesn't actually solve anything. No. Um, So for me, when I was teaching computer-based classes and how to save files or turn files in, Mm -hmm. there was short, you know, click file, and then maybe a little screenshot. So there was a picture, a a mixture of uh, words and pictures for how kids would do it. And they said, how do I turn this in? And you just go, Mm -hmm. bam, right there. Do those. And they were clear as day. Have it multiple places to teach. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Yeah, right. my last couple of years, I had a small group instruction table. There you go, yep. the, ding, the, ding, the kidney ding. table, ding ding ding, mm-hmm. yeah. and multiple learning centers. Right, and back in the back in the old days, I would I would typically have at least a minimum of two easels on different and different areas of the room. Yeah. where I could teach from. This was back before the days of Promethean boards and sure. smart boards. Yeah, um, and they're still pretty common in elementary schools. Yeah, uh, and, and you'd have you'd have you'd have. Um, you know, obviously, student seating, but in the elementary classroom, you often often have kids on the floor, um, so yeah. you, you instruct from the floor. And secondary teachers can do it as well. Even if yeah. you don't have a special table, you can have a bunch of other desks that are in a specific area that are not meant for regular seating, but are are meant for small group instruction. All right, number four. Number four. Uh, and this is one that's typically overdone or not thought of enough. Oh boy, aesthetics. Man, I was oh, gonna say. Man. I thought you weren't gonna say that. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, this, is, this is my wheelhouse, baby. Yeah, I, you were, I thought it was. I was just like waiting. I was like, all right, Robbie's gonna want to wrap this segment up, and so, I'm gonna have to be like, no. "The vibe of the classroom." Come on, because no, because uh, Sidden's had his Green Bay Packer stuff in his classroom. That's true. Um, and so you know, a part of aesthetics is is what's pleasing to the eye yeah. for the teacher, and what you think will engage kids. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about aesthetics. How do you just how do you get it just right? I think you have to, by the last year, I, I had like a specific area of the room, just a small spot for like that Green Bay Packers stuff or things right. that kids used to give me or artwork. And I just kept it there. That was a specific area that kids could see it. They can get a, they can glean a little information about me as a person and that I like Calvin and Hobbes and right. music and um, that I'm a human. Yep. I'm a person. Um, so if you could make one connection through that, through some kid who likes the same band or kid who likes the same cartoon or whatever that, or that you value what kids give you over the years, I think that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and there's always the parent that, that comes in and loves the fact that I love the Grateful Dead, and they're like, "Yeah, nice poster, man. Yep. So Mr. Let, me th- <laughs> let, me throw, 
Throw another one out there. No, this will be an extension of that. The beginning of the year, I uh, I came up with the idea of hiring somebody to come in and decorate your classroom for you. That's an embarrassment. <laughs> Can we edit this out of the show? <laughs> did you do that? No, I never uh, did it. But for people that are aesthetically challenged, yeah. such as myself, that like nice spaces but don't know how to go about making them look nice... Um, yeah. I, you know, great question. It's great hard. question. You know, and and uh, and it, it was you know somewhat tongue in cheek about hiring somebody. It was yeah. you know it was like, man. And when I was teaching, it's like if if I could pay somebody a hundred bucks to come in and be like, yeah, just make it a really nice place that feels good to come into. I don't know how to do like, that. Like, yeah. like my wife. Yeah, exactly. So I had my Can my you, wife came in with her friend and they helped me make all my bulletin boards. Yeah, mine did too for years. Yeah, um, because there I think there is an un sort of known or unwritten. It's it's not a put a green wall up here, right. you know, it's like, right. just make it look nice right. and, yeah. and right. feel good. Right. Right. There's uh, there's definitely a happy medium between over-decorating and over-cluttering and, like, just the bare-bones cinder block walls. Um, one thing I got from, the, a real simple thing you could do, mm-hmm. and I got from a, a colleague that we used to work with, that she used to cover her back wall with that bulletin board paper from floor to ceiling butcher block butcher block all the different colors and it was a different color of the rainbow so the whole wall was just beautiful it it took a lot of work that's an elementary go-to right there but you cover it and then she used it as an incentive for kids who when they took their end of unit assessments or any kind of quiz if they earned a a, i don't know an a or a a certain grade they could Mm -hmm. sign their name on on the wall, nice. right, right. and it was a and kids just I think kids just like writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And it feels naughty. Yeah, but it's cool, and you get your name on there, and uh, the kids loved it. It was always fun. So let's talk systems. Systems. One of the best teachers, actually. By the way, we're moving away from the decluttering. No, but, no. This, yeah. Here we are. Oh, this, you're this, talking about foundational stuff, really, yeah, right? And, uh, yeah, because I, my approach was an ounce of prevention. True. Uh, will, Good point. Well, you won't have to declutter. Good point. Um, but when I was uh, a new fourth grade teacher, one of my teammates, Jane Zarnopis, uh, she came in my classroom after school one day, and between the piles of photocopies that I had, okay, <laughs> that I was going to use, because this was this was this was the height of the worksheet era <laughs> right. in the nineties, and um, and then papers that I had collected that God knows when I was going to grade them. <laughs> She came in and she said to me, you need systems. systems, 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 systems. There are no systems. And so her whole thing was her systems meant routines. Mm-hmm. So what are those routines to keep the clutter from accumulating? I, I, I think I want to pass this one over to Crable because he was the kind of teacher that I envied in terms of keeping the paper clutter to a very minimum and being able to systematize whatever you did, you systematized that process. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you kind of alluded to some of it before in terms of when kids come in the classroom, what do they do? Yep. And it's day in, day out, every day. And But guess what? Kids are still going to come in the last month of school and go, Where's the warm-up sheet? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, exactly. what do I do? <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you just got to get over that. Right. Where right. do I put this? Where do I put Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that, you mentioned the materials about always knowing when and how to get the materials, mm-hmm. um, the appropriate times to sort of ask, you know, stuff like the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought it was really important, too, when I was framing my lesson, 
um, to let kids know I'm going to be talking for five minutes. I, I need five minutes of your time where you're not talking, where you're not asking questions, where you're not doing this. I'm going to do something for five minutes and then it's going to be your turn. Right. But now it's my turn. Right. And you're going to get to talk and you're going to get to move and you're going to do this and you're going to do all this fun stuff. But now it's my turn. <laughs> it is my turn. <laughs> it's my turn. I probably said my turn about 25 <laughs> times. <laughs> so really setting the expectations, but knowing that it was not infinite or it was not, you know, forever, that it was a finite amount of time. You know, I had a table where I had kids folders where they turned everything in, where nice. there was scrap paper, where there was pencil bins that I picked up off the floor in the hallway or the classroom or whatever. Um, and then having kids, um, you know, clean up after themselves. And, and this was a, it's another Fred Jones thing is um, rotating, and you did this as well, rotating uh, groups or jobs. Oh, jobs are good. Kids, uh, jobs are a must. Yeah. I had, I had there's a, one I, of you and there's 30 of them. Right. Yep. They don't, can get more done than his, you. His quote is, don't do anything don't, that a kid can exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I... Well, that's parenting in a nutshell. And yeah. knowing me, you better believe that I took that to heart. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That if the kids could do it, they were darn well yeah. going to do it. And going back to responsibility, too, mm-hmm. you know, give everybody a little bit of ownership. It's not my classroom and I, 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 right. I. It's we, 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 we. And, and, and so. in, ter- in terms of how you had... <laughs> that's Finn. That's Finn. Hey, hey Finn. Guest star Finn. Um, in terms of... Can you hold on while I sign the receipt for the pizza? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so uh, in terms of grading and, and, and handling the amount of grading and pieces of paper that you're collecting every single day or even on Google uh, Drive, that is really important for you to get organized and, and have a facilitation or a system in place to figure that out. Um, you might very well get overwhelmed with grading a lot of stuff. So if you do, um, you don't have to grade everything. Put a check mark on it and hand it back mm-hmm. and just read through them real quick. Don't give them a grade and say that, and and build in some peer feedback sessions. But the more that you can systematize the amount of feedback that you can give kids quickly, efficiently, and get it into their hands, it's out of your um, it's out of your trace. And I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head. You don't have to grade everything. You can right. look at there it and you go. ding ding ding. Right, right. Go through and go, yep, 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 yep. yep. Nope. Yep, nope, nope. And make two piles go, great, I got it for tomorrow. Yep. I don't need to write a sentence there. I don't need to put an A on there. I don't right. need to put a five out of five on there. Yep. I got it. I know what you did. I saw what you did, and yep. I'm gonna use it in tomorrow's lesson. Yeah. I, I, I worked with this group of third grade teachers one time that they were these it's hard for me to describe. They basically wore these fanny packs while they taught. <laughs> Which are back, by the way. <laughs> they well, are. They, they were fanny packs, but they had, or they were almost like tool belts, and they had pockets in them, and so they had all of their key instructional aids that they were going to use as That's they walked genius. around. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, Tavina Goins, who's now a principal, um, she was the queen of it, and so she there was everything was at her fingertips that she was going to use with kids. That's awesome. Um, and and my, my I wonder f- if I was teaching eighth grade if they would make fun of me. It, uh, <laughs> they, okay. they would learn to love it. They would. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that uh, that Jane taught me this was an ingenious little system, which that the the chalkboards back then were were magnetic. Ooh. So she used magnets for everything. So when she was, for example, as simple as something in elementary school, you don't. I don't know if you have it as much in in middle and high school. You're still rife with kids that don't put their names on papers. Sure, right? Yes, the so, no name. Bin. So instead of doing, instead of wasting class time and figuring out, she would take the papers with no names and she would just put them under a magnet on the board. Mm-hmm. And so mm. you'd go up and see your paper and you'd grab That's it. Mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So it was it was just a quick system. Yeah. that saved time. And the other thing you told me at some point, probably years ago, we were talking about math instruction. Yeah, and 
it got back to the whole have to grade everything or, or giving kids yeah. feedback or knowing who got it. Um, the use of whiteboards. Oh, yeah, they're key. You, you just stand there and they're yeah. doing it and they just hold up yeah. two steps that they've done or mm-hmm. they all have their own space on a chalkboard, a yeah. whiteboard, an area. Yeah. But it's big enough for you to go over, and you don't got to be- you know go over their shoulder. Right. You don't have to say, "Oh, I can't see." Oh that. You my know. god! The walking up and down the rows to look at everybody's paper. Stand in one place and scan, and yeah. you know, yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Moving forward, crucial, yeah. crucial. Yeah. Getting feedback in an efficient way mm-hmm. to inform whatever you're going to do next is huge. I read I read somewhere one time that. Um, and this is no knock on secondary education because I consider myself a secondary educator now, but somebody said that second uh, classrooms in middle schools and high schools are like gates at an airport. Jeez. <laughs> oh, While you arrive for your flight, you sit and you wait, and then you get up and you go. <laughs> right? That's brutal. <laughs> no, that so... but I'm saying, what's at a gate at an airport? It's seats, yeah. and you yeah. sit there, right? And you wait, and you spend 45 minutes, and then, and you, then you get on you your go. phone, and you sit in your phone Correct. the whole time. The, 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 elementary cl- <laughs> the elementary classroom is like a house with different rooms. And, oh, and, and that's, I mean, to an extent, that's really what a classroom should be like. It should be this kind of multifaceted place, because kids learn in different ways. They do. And I guess the struggle there is to try to keep... The clutter from building up. I know that um, you got a lot of bodies. You got a lot of body, you got a lot of bodies sure. in there. And I was yeah. I was incredibly. My, I, if you talk to any of my students when I was an elementary school teacher, they would tell you that I was a little nutso about how they took care of the classroom. Yeah, because to your point, it was key for them to to have jobs and to help me with it. And I wanted it. They had to get it ready for the next day. And it, it can about, spiral out of control very quickly, too. Yes, it can. You know? What about, uh, so administrators in the room, teachers sharing classrooms. How do you manage the, the, the quote-unquote decoration and the facilitation thereof of, of folks who share classrooms? You'll run into that. I mean, you'll have teachers that want their classroom to be really collaborative, right. and, their, and their classroom mate want to, uh, might be afraid that... Um, they need more control and they need kids in, in seated in a way where they can have control. Um, I, don't, I guess you just to thread the needle on that. I guess they just have to work together to, yeah. to, to figure that out. Or you find teachers that could work collaboratively together. Or, right. I think I've heard some uh, principals survey teachers and, and kind of ask their preferences. Do you want to decorate your own room yeah. or are, do you have no preference? Or yeah. um, some people would probably be fine with someone else decorating the room as long as... It's organized and yeah. I, I and I, I think in secondary and I'm gonna this is a very broad brush that I've borrowed from Casey, <laughs> um, but in secondary I would venture to say that you run into less people that are particular about the setup and look slash aesthetic of their room. Oh, they, no, they totally yeah. do. I you mean, know, it when, diminishes when you're when you're you know when you're in a block schedule or even a you know you're even worse a, f- a seven period or eight period schedule. You know, kids don't spend that much time in a classroom. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think there's a, I still think there's a great need to make the environment Agreed. friendly and conducive to learning. And yeah. I, I, I think that, um, you know, clutter on work surfaces. Um, one thing that always drove me crazy was stuff piled on heaters. 
um, <laughs> or the ventilation system. You'd yeah. have stacks of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think teacher work surfaces tell you a lot about where the teacher is in their in their work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, I, when they're organized, you tend to find somebody that's 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 more systematic and on top of stuff. Ginger Ginger Berry, uh, to she's her credit, the queen of organization. Queen of organization. Yeah. She helped me in so many ways. Yeah. One of the things that she did, and I, I have a final thought after this, but one of the things that she did is she helped. She told me to buy a go to Home Depot and buy one of those drawer systems that yeah. you put like screws and and like your tools in, yeah, and use that to organize your classroom materials, staples, rubber go. bands, stuff like that, rather than a teacher desk because we didn't Brilliant. have them. Genius, label Genius. it easy peasy. Mm. Genius, and and what's it say that I don't know? It's kind of what kind of commentary is it on it that that w- women were the largest influence on us as teachers? And yeah, organized. Yeah, Jane was the same way. Jane gave me this crate. It was a milk crate with files in it and i would put file by day monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday all of the all of the handouts that i was going to use right i i i put them in there so i wasn't yeah grabbed them i knew i was i knew knew what i had that day now that was you know i would these days with the de-emphasis on worksheets um because that was pretty worksheet based so that's transition is the hidden problem with organization classroom organization is how you organize your uh computer and your google drive uh and it's hidden okay most people don't want to talk about it because they're bad at it i'm gonna sit back and be quiet (laughs) it's something that's it's something that's super super important and uh it's something that you need to actually thoughtfully consider how you are um, organizing your files and I know it sounds nerdy. It is nerdy. How you name your files. Mm-hmm. Super, super important. So you can find them when you hit the search. Or that, so you want to make us it a so tip, you, Give us a tip on that because I'm, I'm clearly lame at that. <laughs> you don't, well, first of all, you don't want to, um, you don't want to rely on your search because search generally, even with Google, it's still, it's still not as effective because yeah. you're under so many different Google search is web. terrible. Google search is actually very effective, but when you're in a, a, a big system, oftentimes it will give you everybody's yeah, shared yeah, files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, you, yeah. so in Google Drive, for example, you can narrow it down to only things, if you go to the advanced settings, you can narrow it down to only things owned by you, first thing. Oh, I need to do that. I need to do that helpful. too. Oh, yeah. Very helpful. There are also little keys you can look up on, you can Google it and find out little search functions that can help you find things in drive better but you want to name you want to have a few top files like maybe five uh folders that you're going to use on an everyday basis and don't let your your files just compile into that bigger file system so um the other piece is when you're for example for my observation reports it has their initials then underscore it has the date of the observation it says you know formal one two three or four it says the class period and it says um, the the subject all in that file in a, in the same it's order. Very long file name. It's not it's not as long as you might think, yeah. but it also it since I have so many that I'm I'm doing it, it keeps it organized right. in a way that I can find it. A very format, quickly. yeah. Whatever format you pick, it has to be has to be very clear for yourself, and it has to be there in some capacity be able to organize alphabetically or yeah. by name yeah, or I need whatever. To, I need to do better on that. It's all about consistency, I, really. Yeah. Um, so I see some teachers uh, label every um, lots of stuff as like day one, day two. Not a fan of that. Yeah. Not yeah. a fan of that because days change. And if you're looking for a specific topic, if someone's asking you for some 
resource or something you did in a class, you're not gonna be able to find it. Yeah. Um, you can certainly put D1 in your file name somewhere, but um, one thing that we did in Project Success is we had Project Success. We had uh, you know it was organized by marking period, so it would be MP at some oh, somewhere yeah, in MP3. the file name it would be MP1. Yeah. But uh, towards the beginning, it would say you know ancient Greece um, and whatever science topic we might be handling that day. So it had those two topics or a third topic, something that we knew was a big piece for that lesson yeah. and had the date on it. All right, we have geeked out. On, <laughs> so on, nerdy. On That's so important. People La- just let is. their files go out of control. And so last thing I'll say, speaking of being digitally responsible and not having too much digital waste, one of the things that has always driven me crazy, a little bit as a principle, that is all the more reason to declutter is the amount of trash that we throw out out of classrooms at the end of the school year. Yeah. It's if you've ever walked down a school hallway, um, I feel like if you declutter and you are organized during the school year, you Mm -hmm. reduce your, your, your footprint with, with garbage. Yeah. Um, And I mean, there's always going to be stuff you have to throw out, but I, I do think it's a, it's an environmental concern as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, All right. So thanks to Heather Wolpert Garan for, uh, getting this discussion going. Check out her piece, her blog, and Decluttering Your Classroom in Edutopia, um, which, by the way, uh, as a Gen Xer, I have no idea how to say that word. <laughs> hey, Ed, I, lo- I love to hear you. Ed- Ed- Edutopia. <laughs> Edutopia. Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Even when you say it right, I could tell that you're like thinking to I, yourself, I, 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 I saying it right? I'm saying it's so weird. It's a hard thing to say. How do you say it, Mr. Sitz? Because you're like a it's charter e- member. E- Edutopia. No, it is not. I say Edutopia. Edu- is it a J? Edutopia? Edutopia. Okay. All right. There's like a J in there. Um, it's like Pete Buttigieg. All right. Uh, who knew we were going to geek out so hard on decluttering your classroom? I love talking about file naming conventions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, Ed's Not Dead is brought to you by Pulp Education, a full-service educational media company specializing in leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. If you want to weigh in on decluttering your classroom, on teacher tips... Hit us up at Ed's Not Dead PC or send us an email at Ed's Not, or excuse me, Ed's Not Dead PC at, at gmail.com, right? Yep. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to Teacher Tips. Uh, if you have suggestions for the show, hit us up. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Mm-hmm.